Hey, Jeff. Welcome to Hey, Jeff, a podcast about Survivor and other stuff. My name is Brett. No Danny today. This is going to be a solo pod. I'm hoping this is the most unhinged half hour, 45 minutes of your life. Danielle taking a much needed trip, much needed vacation this weekend. No baby for the first. She is a new mother, which do you know what that means? She needs to get away from the offspring. Let Danny live. Let Danny have 48 hours where she doesn't have to change diapers. All right. So that's, that's why this is happening. All right. I know it's disappointing. I'm sorry, but we're doing this. I know some of the listeners like it. Probably not most, probably a small minority. I forget who one of, one of the listeners always takes the audio from the Brett solo pods, chops it, screws it, slows it down. And he calls it drunk uncle Brett or whatever. That's fine. That's fine. That's the meme. That's the online universe we're living in where, where people take content. They slow it down. They, they meme it. They, they uh, crop it. They Photoshop it. They put it in, in premiere. They put it in after effects. That's what we do here. It's the highest form of flattery. Okay, so here's the deal. Today, we're going to talk Survivor Episode 3. I got a couple movie reviews. I have been trying to get questions from you people on Twitter all morning. Danny even chimed in on Twitter. Glad to know that she's getting reception at uh, Toronto International. And that's it. We're, we're going to do it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be weird. Whatever. All right. We're going to start with Survivor. And then we're going to get into my review of Titan <laughs> and the card counter. I'm going to look it up while we record. But some listener has been begging us to watch the card counter, which I did watch part of. <laughs> We'll get to it. Okay. Uh, Survivor episode three. The episode opens and we're already flashing back. Listen. Listen. It's not lost, right? It's not lost. It's not Terry O'Quinn. Matthew Fox. I know we're on an island, but this ain't lost. We don't need the flashbacks, yo. How about you just show it? This show is turning into lost. And as we all remember, lost didn't have a great track record. Lost did not end well. Just playing. I'm just playing. But just like, come on. We got to stop with the, like the, the flashbacks of how we got the beads. Whatever. Beads, Michael. Okay. That's how the episode starts. Gabler. Gabler's sleeping on the beach. He's, he's not doing well. You know when... You know, you, you go into your office or maybe you had a roommate like this in college or something like that. And like <laughs> something's always a fucking issue with them. And it's just like that's Gabler. It's like you're in the coffee room. You're in the little kitchenette in your office and Gabler comes in and you're like, morning, Gabler. How's it going? Not good. Not good. My feet are, are uh, hurting. Uh, my skin's falling off and I don't know how to do heart transplants anymore. And. You want to just say, like, I I didn't actually mean, how are you doing? I meant, just say good, and we'll continue to have a professional relationship as peers. Some people just, like, really emotional, man. Some people just, like, 
they really wear their their heart and their feelings on their sleeves. I do in a way too, but also I'm just like, I don't know, what am I like what kind of conversation am I gonna have with a coworker or a roommate or whatever? Like really bad man, I can't sleep, this and that, whatever. Just say okay. Just be just be a human being, which is feeling miserable and just saying you're fine and moving on. <laughs> Anyways, Gabler is uh doing his thing he's sleeping on he's sleeping on sand he can't he doesn't feel good and uh i'm i'm kind of bummed about this because like ellie has been my 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 north star my spirit idol my spirit animal that's the right that's the right word for uh, two and a half weeks here and man she might have just been playing too hard too fast uh you know obviously the yellow team, whatever they're called, doesn't um, doesn't make it to tribal tonight. But the kind of scheme to like convince Gabler that his idol doesn't work pretty much backfired. And Owen and Sammy are Sammy, who is a star. Sammy is a star. Uh, are kind of they basically are scheming against Ellie. They tell Gabler what's up. Ellie comes in and basically immediately comes in with this bluff sort of thing. And she doesn't know that Gabler knows. And that's like, I don't know, uh, short of her going on one of these trips and getting an extra vote. Like we see with Noel towards the end of the episode. I am, uh, I, I am actually at this point quite low on Ellie. Um, maybe she can, maybe she can play her way out of it, but it does, it does not look good for my girl, Ellie. Um, Meanwhile, on the Coco tribe, the, the blue tribe, it's just like good times, man. Everyone's ha- saying happy birthday. Carla has enough spare time to find an idol, leave it, find it again. It's just, I don't know, man. It's like, it's what we all hope for. Just like this nice life where you kind of do things at your own speed. There's no pressure. No one's coming after you. I want to live on Coco. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. And, and there's a couple listener questions about it. Carla finds the idol and she leaves it and she finds it again. And that's it. That's I, that's I, she talks to, uh, she talks to who? I don't even know. She, oh, she, she talked to who? James. She was talking to James. Sorry. I'm still like, I, I was pausing and kind of slowing down there because I was like, wait a minute. Do I know anybody's names yet on this tribe? I don't. I should have just been more honest with you at that moment. She's trying to talk to James about it, I believe. She goes back and gets it. She thinks about taking the risk. You got to do, I got a risk here. So uh, she finds it. She gets the beads. Uh, I guess this gets into a, a listener question here. Uh, there's uh, two questions. At Gimme Two More asks, if you found the Beware Advantage, would you take it or leave it? Um, I don't know. I'm quite conflicted of it. And, and at this point, now that most of the uh, cast has seen Survivors 41 and 42, they understand that the Beware means you lose a vote. It's not like you got to do some laps. It's not like you got to live on crap island or anything. It's like lose a vote. Maybe they mix it up later on the season or in future seasons where the the beware, the punishment on the beware is something more unexpected. Um, I'm of two minds about it. And it's like the basic conundrum of like 
pretty bad to lose your vote. Um, but hey, you're on Survivor for a reason. You're only going to get one shot. Maybe you're a star. Maybe you're a star. Maybe you're Parvati. Maybe you're Boston Rob, and you're going to play Survivor 18 times and find your, find your wife there. Give birth on the island. Give birth to a new Jeff on the island. Now, I mean, you're there. You're there to play risks. And if you can pull it off, you get it. I mean, here's the thing, too, with Survivor. All these risks are relatively easy enough because we talk about it, like especially with the smash the hourglass thing from the last two seasons. They want they build it. They build out the advantages and the, the rewards and the risks. So you fucking use them. It would be boring if like the risk was so, uh, outweighed, outweighed the reward so much that everyone was like, nah, I'm good. Because then no one would use it. And then TV would be boring. You got 42 minutes to fill, Survivor. So I think they are built where it's like, okay, I'm getting beads from people. I, at first, because I'm just like, I'm more of an introverted person. When I saw the beads thing last week, I was like, Jesus Christ, I, I couldn't do that. I have no interest in beads. Why would I, how could I even feign going up to someone and being like, yo, bro, bro, <laughs> I need your beads. Um, but now we've actually seen two people do it quite easily. So it'll be interesting if we see on the yellow tribe, if someone finds it and maybe they struggle with that, maybe it's Ellie and they're like, oh gosh, we know you're up to bad news. We know up to, you're up to bad business. We don't trust you with these beads. Um, so I think I would I think I would do it. I I personally don't know how I would convince people to give me beads. That's just not in my personality. Um I think uh yeah, our other question uh at burn the disco down comparing the beware advantages from last season and this season, would you rather have to say the silly phrase at every immunity challenge or try to convince your tribe mates to give you beads? Thank you. I like the silly phrase one. The silly phrase one is uh, I could do that. I can say, hey, you're listening to a podcast hosted by me by myself right now. Um, I have no problem saying stupid things out loud in a confident manner. Um, I guess the uh, the the the, stu the stupid phrase one, that one is just the, the downside with that one is it's so public and it's so public to the other tribes that when you're saying like, man, I feel like a goat on a treadmill right now or whatever, people got to know something's up with you. And you're just doing that every time. People, even on the other tribes are like, oh man, Brett's got an advantage for sure or whatever. Um, the beads thing is a little bit more subtle. So right now, like not many people know about the beads thing. Like only, I guess on the red tribe, uh, Cody, who is he working with? Jesse, like Jesse knows about it. NECA knows about it, but NECA's not around anymore. So like they could look next time they're at a uh, at a competition or something like that. Who's got the beads? Who's got the bead bracelet? But why would you even have the bead bracelet visible? You might you might hide it. You might pretend that you don't know what's going on. So I just I'm personally not I'm not very likable. People don't like me. People don't listen to me. Like I just don't know if I could convince people to give me beads where I could easily just be like 
oh yeah, I'm just a, I'm just a chicken, I'm just a chicken in outer space right now, or whatever the hell you know, stupid phrases are. I feel like that would be easier for me, but everyone's different. Everyone's different, ma'am. Where were we? Um, okay, let's get to the challenge for a hot minute. Okay, I just want to say something here. This is a production comment. This is a comment on the editing and production of the program. So the competition takes place on like a floating barge and everyone's just standing there. How did everyone get there? Why? There were probably a couple boats. They get on the beach, they take a boat out, they, they, they shepherd them on the little boats out there. And everyone's standing there. And then Jeff goes, hey, take a look at the new Yellow Tribe. And everyone's like, I could tell it was fake because everyone like instantly knows because they're all standing there on the fucking beach together right, waiting to be taken two by two like Noah's Ark to the barge. And you could just tell that they were told to react wildly react surprise react more surprise because it's television you need to have a big reaction as if you're seeing the tribe for the first time even though you know so i didn't i didn't like that because usually you come in and they have the loser tribe come in last and they're coming in from out of the woods and it's like take a look at the new tribe and you're like you look and you're like oh which person isn't missing which person isn't missing these people know who isn't missing because they've been standing there together for 35 minutes didn't appreciate the fake reaction. And you know what? The people on the blue tribe and the red tribe tell you what, George Clooney, you can be safe in your job because these people are not good actors. Okay, that was it. <laughs> uh, NECA, man. Beautiful person, doing amazing work with uh, this mission. Um, really sweet person, but just like a complete dud on the challenges. Like second week in a row, where she's like, got to do the puzzle. And she's just standing there staring at the other team doing the puzzle and like not even trying or anything. And they're, and they're doing the thing where they're like, Neca, pick, pick this one, turn it right. And she's like turning it left. And um, some people don't uh, survive under pressure. Uh, seems like a great person. Like at certain, like I don't know, just not very good at challenges. And like, how many weeks are they going to lose in a row? Because she's like standing there looking confused during challenges. You know what? I mean, Neca's a medical professional. She's a pharmacist. That's a fucking real important job. But that's not what Gabler does. Gabler, who also has his own performance issues, <laughs> as we mentioned, Gabler's in the he's in the heart surgery room. He's like. Get me, get me a new heart stat. Neca's, she's in the pharmacy. She's like, I'll get you those pills. They're in the back, labeled pills, you know? That's just, that's her thing. I'm, she's clearly a smart, amazing woman, but she's not good at the challenges, not good at the puzzles. At a certain point, you're just going to have the person standing there with a look on their face like, yeah, what the, what's the other team doing puzzle-wise? I'm just going to, I'm going to take that in for 10, 15 minutes, and then I'll get going on our puzzle. Not great. Not great. Uh, but Noel, holy shit, man. Holy shit, man. She takes off the leg at the top of the thing, at the top of the uh, the barge, at the top of the uh, competition. And I'm like, wait a minute. 
Don't you have to climb out of a thing and run and jump up a thing and do a bunch of other shit? She's like, yeah, I don't even need two legs for that. I'm good. And she was like, just seeing her like do this one foot hop with okay, wet feet, by the way, you try hopping 10 feet as fast as you can on one foot, just down your house, down the hallway. And then you jump on a box and jump on another box. Okay. Do that with wet ass feet on a wet ass barge. Come on, man. That is, that is unbelievable. I can't, like I slip just like normally doing stuff and I, it was crazy. So she's awesome. Like, man, I, I was, I really want to see more of Noel, obviously. Like I, I'm rooting for her. I think most people who watch it are rooting for her. And earlier in the episode, we get the NECA flashback, personal flashback. We learned about the mission she works with, how important that is. I'm like, mm, interesting, interesting. They're showing this here. I wonder if this is because this is the last time we're going to see NECA in the season. And I'm like, okay, okay. Maybe they're giving her her shout out here and, and uh, you know, giving some much needed attention to the work she does and stuff. So, and then later in the episode, they, we get the same thing for Noel. We see her in the hospital. We see her playing field hockey or lacrosse. And I'm like, oh no, they're doing this because Noel's going home. And I got very sad. But good on Noel. She goes on the uh, the little risk a vote, leave a vote, take a vote, leave a penny, take a penny sort of expedition with James and Owen. And she's like, yo, I need this. And like, let's just like connect when we get to the merge. And she gets it. She's like, she gets back to camp. She's like, you can search me. You can search me. Anyway, I don't have anything. And then she goes to the camera. She's like, yeah, no one's going to search inside my fake foot. <laughs> what, a, what an amazing person. How hilarious. Uh, so I, I, I was kind of scared at first because she didn't use her power. I thought her she was going to take someone's vote and... Uh, she was... Her and, her and Dwight and... Um, her and Dwight were going to use three votes to either get out Jesse or NECA. Um, that didn't happen. She must have had some assurances from Jesse and Cody that she was staying this week. But good on her to get the advantage. Good on her to make some connections and the other tribes for when the merge happens. And good on her for not using it. That's a risk there, too, not using it. And now she has that for later in the game. And nobody really knows about it other than Dwight, who, I mean, I would have been pretty sad, too, if Jesse went home because I think Jesse's... I got Jesse marked down as someone who could win this game. He might be he, he might be too smart, like too recognized as like a smart, good player at this early in the game where, you know, maybe a couple weeks into the merge, people are like, man, this guy's just a gamer. We got to get him out. Um, I'm, I'm always looking for someone a little bit more low key at this point to win the game. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out, Lindsay. <laughs> Shout out uh, Cassidy. Shout out James. Everyone on the Blue Tribe, man. Uh, so, yeah, NECA goes home four to one. You know, God bless her. She, you know, great person. Wasn't cut out for, you know, for this game. Hell, you know, sometimes this person lasts two, three, four tribal councils and stuff. And like, you know, it's it's on, you know, in the, in this tribe, like Cody and Jesse kind of weighing up like, 
yeah, we trust NECA more, but like what's going to happen if we like lose the next two? Like we're none of us are going to be here if we just keep losing <laughs> every week and stuff. And they they don't have the benefit obviously of getting to sit NECA out for anything because they are the tribe with the least amount of people. They're not like the blue typer who are like, yeah, we can sit out our two weakest people. So, uh that's that's it I think for the survivor chat. We have we there's so much more. There's so much more to talk about today. All right. Comments rolling in. Spicy Marco BB, the benefactor. A solo Brett podcast. I hope he's hungry for some blindside butter beans. I hope you're happy and hungry for some blindside. I'm not getting blindsided today. I'm the final survivor here. I, it's just me. It's just me here. You know? Okay, so here's what we're gonna get into. The weirdo stuff. At Danny Mop, co-host of this podcast. She writes in, Danny is currently drinking a Caesar, parentheses, Canadian Bloody Mary at the airport, but also hydrating with plenty of water. What is your airport strategy for food and drinks? Great question, Danny. First time caller, long time listener. Uh, first of all, you learn something new every day. I didn't know a Canadian Bloody Mary was called the Caesar. Uh, another another listener writes in, responds, at WJ Farr, every time I order a Bloody Mary in the U.S., I'm ultimately disappointed it's not actually the Caesar I wanted. Et tu, Brute. I'm trying to Google the fucking difference between a Caesar and a Bloody Mary. I don't – I can't find it. I can't find it. Maybe next week Danny will explain the difference. But it's vodka – it's like a clamato juice sort of thing. It's pepper. It's some spices. It's a stock of celery. I, I don't know what the difference is. You know what? Either way, I'm not having that. I'm not drinking. I don't want a Bloody Mary. I know this is sacrilege in Los Angeles where I live. I don't want a michelada. I don't want this weird spicy tomato drink with alcohol in it. Give me a beer. Give me a gin and tonic. Give me a Manhattan. Give me a scotch on the rocks. Anyways, I, I, the Bloody Mary thing, I just like the taste profile of like Bloody Mary, Michelada, Caesar thing is not for me. I hope you're enjoying it, Danny. Back to the question, what is your airport strategy for food and drinks? Um, I don't really drink much in the airport, uh, alcohol-wise. I mean, like, I'll just be honest about who I am. I'm like a bathroom daddy, right? I like... I go to the bathroom constantly. I'm always like, just in case, I just, let me just go. Let me just go. Um, I sit on the aisle. I'm an aisle preferred. I prefer sitting on the aisle on a plane so I can go to the bathroom without having to ask two strangers to get up. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. You have to ask, per, if you're flying by yourself and you're on the window seat, you have to ask permission from two strangers. May I please go potty? May I please go wee wee? How embarrassing. I don't want to bother them. What if they're sleeping? If it's a long flight, what, like, it's like I'm going to Vegas in a couple of weeks. It's a 41 minute flight from Burbank Airport or whatever. Like, I, I can hold it. That's fine. I'm going to be sitting on the fucking tarmac longer than I'm going to be in, in the air. Whatever. Long flight, six hour flight, New York City, 10, 12 hour flight, London, Sydney, Portugal. I'm a jet setter, man. I don't want to ask people permission to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I need the aisle. 
<laughs> okay. So that being said, I don't, I don't, you know, you drink alcohol, it makes you have to go to the bathroom. I don't, I don't want to have to go to the bathroom more than I need to. Planes are gross. Planes are disgusting. There's germs. The bath, you know, like, you're like, you get to crawl inside of like a, a small portal to even go to use the bathroom. I don't, I don't like using the bathroom. You got to do it, obviously. So I don't do anything that really, I was like, I'm not just going to drink a bunch of fucking liquor. So I have to pee more and get more nauseous or whatever. That being said, that being said, sometimes, sometimes you get to the airport and you, sometimes you have that early flight. Sometimes you have that like 715 flight and you get the airport at the fucking devil's butthole hour of like 530 in the morning. And you're like, I'm going to have a beer right now, or I'm going to have perhaps a Caesar right now because of the novelty. Cause I'm usually never awake at this time anyways. And I'm at the one place in the world where it's all good to have a beer at 601 in the AM at the Barney's Beanery in terminal two at LAX. I've had a couple beverages there early in the morning. Sometimes I do that. Not, not a lot, not a lot frequently. Food though, I mean, you're there. I mean, why not go? You're, you're stuck in this food court. You're stuck in this food court for two hours. Might as well hit up a Quiznos, Panda Express, Jersey Mike's. I got nothing wrong with getting a, a nice little meal. Shake Shack. Nice little meal at the airport, especially if someone else is paying. Company card, company Amex. Here we go. So that's my food and drink strategy at the airport. I will take no further questions. All right. Um, Mini Cthulhu. Are you playing any video games lately? And if so, which ones? Man, Mini Cthulhu. I'll just admit it. Like People want to hate me. People want to come to my house and burn an effigy of me. That's fine. I have a PS5. PS5 has been out for two years. I got the P- my PS5 in November 2020. It was right before Thanksgiving. I got it relatively early. I have a PS5, and I don't even really touch it that much. Why? A couple things. There aren't that many games out. It's like been out for two years, and there aren't that many games out. They keep just like remastering and re-releasing games from eight years ago. Um, I get into like these things i get into these modes where i'm like really into madden i'm really into rocket league really into like i I like playing lots of like sports simulation games nba 2k um uh, the mlb the show or whatever i also listen to a lot of podcasts i love podcasts hey what's up you're listening to one right now shout out podcasts i work in podcasting i'm always listening to podcasts and i find with a you know simulation game sports simulation game you can listen to podcasts and you you don't really need to hear the audio of the game versus a more story-based game you try to consume the story um that being said new god of war god of war colon ragnarok coming out next month i believe november so i'm replaying the new god of war from like five or six years ago right now so i'm in the middle of playing that having a good time boy Boy, read this glyph. You just yell at your son for about 65 hours and kill uh, various demons with your giant axe. Good good game. Highly recommend it. We still have movie reviews coming up in this pod, by the way. I'm doing questions now. Ravi, at Ravi Ramgopal, asks, have you started Rings of Power? And if not, why? No. No, I have not. And here's why. 
I don't like swords. I don't like horses. I don't like dwarves of the 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 race in fantasy land. I don't like elves. I don't like dark elves. Do I play Dungeons and Dragons and I enjoy all these things in that context only? Absolutely. I really struggle with like fantasy content, fantasy books, fantasy movies, fantasy TV shows. I don't care about princes. I don't care about kings. I don't care about magic. I don't care about realms. I don't care about whatever. I, I It's just literally like the most boring thing. I, I really like gray area and nuance in my art that I consume. And fantasy stuff is all, it's literally all like, it's a battle between lightness and dark that has been going on for millennia in our realm. Please, fairy king, save us. I, I, I don't really find that much interest in like, we are the good guys and we have to save the ring or the kingdom or whatever. And these are the bad guys and they all look like evil monsters. You need to be chopped in half. I think that's just, I, I, it's just like extremely not compelling to me. The world building, all of it. It's just a, it's just a hard no for Bretty. Have I seen a show called Game of Thrones? Yes, I have. I've seen one episode. I saw the first episode and I was like, nope. Have I seen the Lord of the Rings movies? I have. And by movies, I have seen a Lord of the Rings movie. I saw the Fellowship of the Ring and I was like, nope, not for me. I just don't really like hanging out with these elves and the halflings and the ones with the big feet. Hobbits, that's what they're called. It's just like, it's just really not interesting to me. I'm just really not compelled by this genre and the stories that take place in this genre. Tell me there's a Lord of the Ring where it's like a gray area and there's like a good guy. But I mean, it's like we're dealing with human issues here. We're dealing with like, yeah, man, everybody's a little fucked up and people are trying to be good, but trying to be bad. And there's a duality and there's a gray area and everything. That's not happening. That's not happening in Lord of the Rings. I tell you that, Ravi. Let me see what other good questions are there. Shout out to Matea, MREP2. I was joshing on this pod about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And Matea's like, thank you. This is Rough Riders Visibility Month. No, that's not what she said. Thank you for the Rough Riders shout out, Danny. Thank you for recognizing Saskatchewan as a province and not a state. And here she is. She's having a little having a little frolic in the Saskatchewan Rough Riders Stadium. Good for her. Saskatchewan is real. Okay. I need to get to who is the person who asked me about um <laughs> about the card counter. Cause it's card counting time. I'm going to Vegas soon. I'm going to be counting some cards. Legally, I'm not counting cards. First of all, it's like, wait, you have to do count so much crap in your mind. It's like, I don't, I'm not counting cards, Mr. Vegas, Mr. Wynn, Mr. MGM Grand. I, it's just too complicated. Gosh, who is the person who wrote in about the card counter? Did they delete? Did they delete their <laughs> damn name? <laughs> on uh, 
Oh gosh. Oh, you know what? I think this person added me on my on my personal ads. This is a great podcast, by the way. How's everyone doing? Hit me up. How are you doing? At hey Julie BB. Gosh, I'm so sorry to the person who wrote this in. I cannot find your comment. Maybe I will eventually. Anyways. Anyways, The Card Counter is a movie starring Oscar Isaac. And what's his name from, I don't know. Yeah, what's the movie? What's the Spielberg movie where they go to visual, visual effects land? No player one, no ready player one. Ty Sheridan. Ty Sheridan is in it. And Tiffany Haddish is in it. Okay, so here's the deal. Paul Schrader, writer, director, legend. <laughs> Willem Dafoe in it. Um, I started watching this movie. Like, Vegas... People being morose, not not Vegas, actually East Coast, Atlantic City, but gambling nonetheless. Uh, I was like set to watch. Oscar Isaac is awesome, man. Great actor. And I started watching this movie and about one third of the way through, I'm like, yo, this is unwatchable. I'm very sorry to... Uh, our fan who wrote this in. I'm not saying you have bad taste. I'm saying I just really did not like this movie. It Nothing happens. <laughs> Oscar is just like going to different casinos and being really sad. And like, is he a serial killer or something? He, he, or he goes into his hotel room and he has to wrap up. He has to wrap up all the furniture and white sheets. So like I don't get his fingerprints or something on it. And. Willem Dafoe, he's like a like a colonel or a, he's like a military guy, but he has the weirdest mustache I've ever seen. I was like, they don't let you have this mustache in the military. And Tiffany Haddish is like, she's like some, she's like a spy. I don't, can't even tell what the hell she, her character is. She's like a billionaire spy sort of person. I'm like, what the hell? It was just, it was just weird. And Part of the trauma that the card counter Oscar Isaac is going through is like he was in Afghanistan 2.0, right? He went into Afghanistan, you know, after 9-11 and he was in the army and he was caught up in a sort of Abu Ghraib-like situation where they were kind of doing some really bad torturing stuff to Taliban or whoever they were picking up there. Ty Sheridan was a soldier there. <laughs> Willem Dafoe and his mustache were there somehow. He might have been leading it. And there's a flashback to like this torture scene when they're in this prison in Afghanistan that like the US troops have taken over and they're using it to do like horrible, like probably not legal shit too. And it is shot with a lens that I can't even describe how this lens looks. Like you have to watch this movie. <laughs> It is shot with a lens that is made to make you feel 
the most nauseous and uncomfortable as possible. It is an it is an extremely jarring scene. The artistic purpose of the scene, there's really loud like metal music playing, like, presumably to make the the torture victims feel worse. But I felt like a fucking victim watching this. And this the lens is like this weird, like dual fisheye sort of thing going on, and you're kind of floating through this prison as people are being tortured. And I was like, man. I don't know what the hell's happening in this movie. I just watched the most disturbing, like torture, non-torture scene I've ever seen that made me nauseous. I needed some Dramamine. I don't know what the hell Tiffany Haddish is up to. I don't know what any character is doing other than just going to casinos and being really sad about stuff, which honestly sounds like it's sounds like it's right up my alley. It's why I wanted to watch this movie. Casinos being sad. Hey, that's the Brett Raider experience. Don't you know? So, I'm sorry. I am so sorry to our listener who I can't even, I can't even find, uh, you know, their name. Maybe they deleted their comment or whatever. That being said, man, the the card counter was not for me. I'm sorry. Thank you for the movie wreck. I'm gonna give out a movie wreck. <laughs> Danny, Danny shouted this out on. Um, on our, on our last episode. It's a French movie called Titan, 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 T-I-T-A-N-E. That's how they spell it in America. I watched this movie. I watched the hell out of this movie. Danny says on this podcast... This movie is about a woman who fucks a car. If you, the listener, go in to see this movie and you are expecting literally anything less than a woman literally fucking a car, you're going to be disappointed because that is what this movie is about. This is a good spooky season movie. It is violent as all hell. Bloody as all hell. It's not a horror movie. It is not a Halloween movie, but it has got a grimy, violent quality to it. Where if you're in that mood, because it's October, because it's spooky season, check this one out. I don't want to spoil too much because it is, this is a fucking bonkers ass movie. But the woman fucks a car. The woman may or may not be a fucking serial killer. There's an entire second half of the movie. The movie like stops in the middle. It takes a complete tonal shift and turns into this other thing. There's firefighters. There's dancing. This movie was insane. There were so many parts of this movie where I was just like, this movie fucking rules. If, if any of what I've said to you makes you think, man, I'm going to be quite uncomfortable with this film, with this picture, then you're probably right and you're probably best to stay away from it. But if you want something that is uh, quite confronting, quite uh, in a way uh, more symbolic than literal of a film – there's some quite there's some quite uh, some leaps taken there. It does not really stay on planet Earth in terms of like things that can literally happen. 
there's a bit of magical realism, but in a very brutal sort of way. But I really enjoyed myself for an hour and 50 minutes. Uh, I like, I like some fucked up movies and this movie is pretty fucked up. Uh, so happy Halloween folks. Check that one out. This guy, Vincent Lindon, he's French. So I probably, I don't know why I pronounced that like you from Spain or something like that. I apologize, Vincent, but, um, man, what an actor. Agatha Roussel plays the main character. Wow. What an act, what a performance. Um, I, I just want to call a shout out, Danielle. I hope you're enjoying your flight right now. Hope you're enjoying your, your Caesar at the airport, because when you land in the U S baby, they're going to say, you're going to say, I would like a Caesar please. And they're going to be like, what the hell is that? You dirty Canadian. Um, I hope you're listening to this because I'm going to call you out. I'm going to call out Danielle on this show. Danielle was like, you got to watch Titan. Titan. And I watched this movie. And then the next morning, I texted Danielle. I just wrote Titan in all caps. That was my, that was my message to her. Like, yo, I watched this movie. She did not even respond to me. She's adding me on Twitter. Does not respond. Danielle, I loved the movie. Didn't like the fact that you didn't respond to me and didn't talk to me about it. Uh, so that's it. Oh, there was a question. Here we go. Here we go. One last question. It's going to be quick though. It's going to be related to Titan. My, my thoughts about Titan. Phil of nine, Technicolor 2099. Did you already cover Blonde? Please, Brett, only watch the PG version. So, you know how like five minutes ago I was like, if what I'm describing to you sounds like a little bit too much for you movie-wise, don't check out Titan. Danielle, so Danielle covered Blonde, more like Bored, on this podcast about a week ago. Danielle also said the words that usually make me not want to watch a movie, which is sexual assault. I'm really quite troubled. I really... Intrinsic, like I don't mind watching, like you know, Kill Bill or whatever, where people just get their heads chopped off for two hours. Um, I really have quite a difficult time watching sexual assault of all kinds in movies. In a way, like in a way, I just it's something about it is so uh, upsetting to me that I just I, it's something with me where I just like it. It just really fucking freaks me out and just makes me feel so un uncomfortable in my own skin that I just have to take it. I have to not watch it. That's why I didn't watch Game of Thrones because every week someone's like, yeah, this person's getting hard. Not for me. Really, really not for me. In a way, we need to tell these stories because it happens in real life. We need to give power back to the people who have been assaulted. We need to show that this is an evil that must be eradicated from the fucking world. Chop their dicks off. Uh, that being said, Danny was like, yeah, Marilyn's getting sexually assaulted every other scene in this like three-hour movie and crying. I'm like, that sounds horrible. Not for me. Not for me. That being said, there's a PG version? I might check out the PG, P, PG version. If everyone's just like, cool. If it's just like, <laughs> Marilyn Monroe was beautiful. <laughs> she was a very famous actress. Everybody wanted to kiss her. <laughs> She died. The end. Maybe that maybe that movie is for me. Um, 
Okay, I'm gonna go on one more mini rant here. Amsterdam, not the city, the David O. Russell picture. So they're like just kill, they're just like swarming everyone with ads for this Amsterdam movie. It's got Margot, it's got Christian, it's got David, John David Washington, or is it David John Washington? My apologies, Mr. Washington. David O. Russell, Rami Malek. David O. Russell makes some interesting films. Three Kings is one of my favorite movies, though one might argue, if you read lots of what happened behind the scenes of that movie, he didn't really direct that movie. George Clooney directed that movie because David O. Russell is literally an evil psychopath. Um, I Heart Huckabees, Lily Tomlin, Google, YouTube it. Just Google Lily Tomlin, I Heart Huckabees, David O. Russell. And you're going to find David O. Russell screaming at poor legendary actress Lily Tomlin. She doesn't deserve that. She's a fucking queen. Back the fuck off, David O. Silver Linings Playbook. A little bounce back for David O. So they're just showing previews for this movie, Amsterdam. What the fuck is Amsterdam? What, is this, what does this mean? Everyone's rolling around. There, It's like the 1930s. And the, all the trailers are like, you got to see this in theaters. We're not putting this on streaming. We're not putting this on Apple. We're not putting this on Amazon. We're putting this on Hulu. This is, an in, this is Avatar 2, The Way of Water. This is Top Gun. No, it's not. It's Christian Bale in a tuxedo walking around. Being like, who murdered my friend? That was Michael Caine. What happened? Why is this movie? Why is this movie gonna be like an in theaters only release? And you know what? Here's the deal. It's gonna bomb. And you, the the Rotten Tomatoes came out. It's like thirty five percent. No one is seeing a movie about Christian Bale and Margot Robbie wearing tuxedos and doing the Charleston. Sorry, not happening. People will watch it if it's on HBO Max or maybe they'll rent it on Amazon or Apple or whatever. This movie's going to bomb. So he's going to fucking bomb. And David O. Russell, as talented as he is sometimes, he's a piece of shit and he deserves to get kicked in the dicks. Dicks? Balls? Both of them? Who? Whatever. Wow, guys. I don't have anything else to say. I'm spent. I'm spent. It has been, gosh, 45 minutes. Unbelievable. We do an hour-long podcast a week, and there's 45 minutes of talking in there for me. I would like to think we split it equally this the time. Dan, me and Danny, 30 minutes a piece a piece. I always listen to the podcast and like I'll just be honest about my how my my process for Hey Julie. I'll wrap up here. <laughs> I say for the fourth time. I don't really edit this. I edit podcasts for a living. I'm really good at it, to be honest. I really, my job is making people sound smart and clear and getting out ums and uhs and stops and starts and all that stuff. That's part of conversational English. Um, I don't do that on this pod, quite obviously. Uh, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time that uh, I don't do for a free pod. I do it for a living. I don't do it for a free pod. Sorry. Uh, that being said, I do listen to the episodes quite frequently, not every episode. And I'm always just very, um, very introspective. I'm very, um, I'm quite critical of myself because I try not to talk over Danny. I really do. And every, every episode I find myself just like completely talking over her. So if that bothers you, let me know. I'll try to be better about it. I've been thinking about this for a long time. I try not 
to talk over Danny or our guests. We don't really have guests. Kevin Jacobs, King, King guest. I'll talk over him anytime. Anyways, that's it for the pod. I really appreciate you guys hanging out with me for 47 minutes of hell, of thoughts from the dome. Danny will be back next week. Let her have her vacation. Hit her up on Twitter at Danny Mop. Say, enjoy your time off. Take off your shoes and socks. Enjoy it. Hit me up at Brett Raider on Twitter. I work for a sports website, so I'm usually tweeting about sports. Sorry I don't tweet about like Big Brother stuff that much. That's what the Hey Julie account is for, like for my funny memes about Big Brother. Maybe I should do it on my personal account more. But then like all my coworkers and people like in the industry that I work in would be like, what the f- what is Big Brother? My grandma watches it. Um at Hey Julie BB, that you guys are great there. You guys are so it's it is so much fun to just tweet out the most unhinged Big Brother meme and just have like the same 15 of you just like eat it up. Tell your friends, tell your mother, tell your daughter, tell your sister about this pod. Listen, man, we do it for free. We don't put ads in it. We don't care. We just like having fun here. This is the most fun BB podcast, I would say, of at least 20 to 30 different BB podcasts. Hey, Julie, big brother at gmail.com. It's a, it's an email address. Don't even check it that much. Let me check it right now. <laughs> nothing, nothing good. Nothing good. <laughs> Just like weird spam email. Cool. All right. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it. I really truly appreciate people as my dryer goes off. I really appreciate people spending the time with me. Uh, I know it might not be optimal. I'm sure most people are Danny fans, whatever. Uh, this was, a, I had a lot of fun. I felt like I excised some demons, exercised some demons today. Had a great time. Please stick with us next week. Danny will be back. And that's it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your patience. Love y'all. Bye, Jeff. <laughs>